0: Who would have thought the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks would play in the 2023 World Series? Two teams that a couple years ago lost over 100 games each are now playing for the Fall Classic. I can't believe it, and again as a baseball casual... Uh, As a guy that really doesn't know a ton about Major League Baseball, I mean, Corbin Carroll is the only real player I knew on the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, before this postseason. But this World Series, to me, exemplifies what Major League Baseball is about. All four teams in the American League and NLCS, of course, Astros, Phillies, which you guys know, you've been listening to the Brains World podcast for a while you know my thoughts on it i think baseball needs stars i don't think they market their stars enough so i think big markets in baseball are important on the big stage your yankees your dodgers your astros even though we all hate that they can spend the most money and usually win uh, to me, just that marketability and the star power because we all know all MLB cares about is Yankees and Red Sox and nobody even knows you know, who the L is on the Diamondbacks and obviously the Rangers have had a lot of All-Stars. Their whole infield this year is practically filled with All-Stars. Many people like myself thought the Houston Astros should have been the better team, should have won that series in the American League Championship Series. But This World Series, again, exemplifies Major League Baseball. All four of the American League Championship and National League Championship Series teams, Phillies, Astros, Rangers, Diamondbacks, they all won less than 90 games in the regular season. Of course, in April and May, it was the Tampa Bay Rays dominating Major League Baseball. And then for most of the year, it was the Orioles, it was the Dodgers, and it was... um, you know, sort of um, Houston in there along with Texas trying to figure out who was the best team in the American League. And, of course, the Atlanta Braves over there in the National League. Braves obviously go down in the first round. Orioles go down in the first round. Uh, Tampa goes down in the wild card round. And this is what I've been saying all along about Major League Baseball. It is different than the NBA where the number one through three seed and home court advantage absolutely matters. It is different in the NFL where home field advantage absolutely matters. In Major League Baseball, home field advantage does not matter as much we just saw both the Rangers and the D-Backs down three to two in their respective series, come back and win two games on the road, game six and game seven, which is very, very difficult, which is why I've never been a huge fan of the two three two format. I uh, to be honest with you, prefer the two, two, one, one, one format. I think it balances things out in a seven game series a little bit more. But these two teams are very impressive. They have timely hitting. Texas, obviously, with more power than Arizona. But Arizona, ever since they made all their deals at the trade deadline and redid their bullpen, uh, have had the best bullpen in baseball. And it's what I've been saying, right? Good pitching, great starters, great bullpen, timely hitting, get big outs when you need to. And Arizona now, they're being befuddled. Down in that 0 2 series against Philadelphia, it looked like they were completely out of it. They had a huge deficit in game four, came back and won that game, gave them confidence that they could finish off Philadelphia in seven. I don't think Arizona is a great team. I think Texas is the better team. As I said on Tuesday's podcast, I do think the Rangers, and again, that was before the NLCS game seven. I thought if Philadelphia won the game, it'd be a six, seven game series. Philadelphia coming away with a victory. I still am going to stick with my prediction, though. I said if Arizona won Game 7, which they did, I would pick Texas in five games. So, therefore, I think this series ends November 1st, the night after Halloween. Of course, the schedule will go Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, so Game 7 on a Saturday night is, I'm sure, exactly what Major League Baseball would wish for, as, of course, they got big college football and potential NBA in there mixed in. Um, But, you know, this would be an opportunity for casual baseball fans like myself, who don't even, again, know Rohi, anybody on the D-backs, and only a couple people on the Rangers, to learn why the Rangers were one of the best teams in the American League all year long, to learn more about the Arizona Diamondbacks. since baseball doesn't market teams at all. And again, my team, the Cleveland Guardians, is in the American League. Yes, you do play every team, at least a series now, so it's nice to see. But we played Arizona very early in the year, and so it feels like... An- an eternity ago, and so I'm just going to sit back and watch it. Listen, I don't care who wins. I don't have a horse in this fight. Uh, I just want uh, this to be a very good World Series. Oh, so here we go. Week 8 of the National Football League. Of course, last week I went 8-5 and five in the money line, putting me at 69-37 and 37 early on in this NFL season for seven weeks. Two for five in best bets. 21 for 35 on the year again i would like that to be a little bit higher this week once again same as last week i don't love the lines some very tricky lines i think the money line picks are easier the question is will the team cover not which i don't like a lot of the lines this week so i went with with smaller lines and i went with teams slash quarterbacks slash coaches i trust more than others in these games. Without further ado, these are my Week 8 NFL money line Predictions and Best Bets. Tampa at Buffalo. Buffalo favored by 8.5. Listen, is there a chance the Bills come out and they absolutely blow the doors off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're mad the way they lost to New England. It's a short week. They'll bounce back against a pretty banged-up Tampa secondary. Absolutely, there is a where there is a world, excuse me, where Buffalo gets back to that running game. Even though Tampa's been pretty good against the run this year, Josh Allen finds Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, who got going last week against New England, and that high powered that high-powered Buffalo offense overwhelms Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Baker over the last couple of weeks struggled against the Lions, struggled against Atlanta at home. We know Thursday night, short week. This is a game where Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion, become dangerous. And if their defense can force a couple turnovers off Josh Allen, who we know can be incredibly wild, this will be a close game. I think the Bills win it. Again, I think there's a possibility of a ball. I'm not going to predict it. I'm staying away from betting the game. Next game, Eagles at Commanders. Now, I'm not going to bet against my team, not to cover. But if I wasn't a Philadelphia Eagles fan, this would probably be, honestly, the play of the week, the commander side of it. Was six and a half? I said it when these two teams went ahead in week four. I'm going to bring on Austin Arnold on tomorrow's show. We're going to discuss. He's a huge commander's fan. We're going to break this game down in, you know, all of its little nuances, if, if you will. But Washington knows how to play the Philadelphia Eagles. But at the same time, the Eagles, all they do seemingly if they lose is beat themselves. But you have to be able to run the football. You have to be able to control quad. You have to be able to get pressure on Jaywood Hurts and force a couple turnovers. And again, run the ball two, three yards at a time and execute with touchdowns in the red zone. It seems like Washington does have the formula potentially. they know what to do against the Eagles. The question is, can they finish? There was a bad Sam Howe game last week against the New York Giants. We've seen great Sam Howe. Then we've seen bad Sam Howe back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A lot like Baker Mayfield. Again, we saw bad Sam Howe against the Giants. We saw bad Sam Howe week three against Buffalo. What did he do? Week four, he bounced back, played very well against Philly in Philly. Eagles are starting to get some secondary help. Kevin Byard will make his Eagles debut. I still think this is a close game. I think it's likely if Philadelphia covers, it's maybe by a half a point. They win by a touchdown. You know, again, if I wasn't an Eagles fan, I would take the Washington side of it. But I think no matter what, Philadelphia finds a way to pull out the victory. Next game, Rams at Cowboys. Dallas coming off a bye. We don't know how they're going to look. Again, there is a scenario here. The Rams defense is not that good. And for all this, I want the Rams to be a sneaky playoff team. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I don't think the Rams, to be honest with you, are a very good football team. I think they're led by Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka, Nakua. It's all on the offense side of the ball. Aaron Donald has not had a very good year because he's being double-teamed constantly. Dallas has been completely in the media over the last couple of weeks. People calling them frauds. Micah Parsons has not had the tremendous year that we've expected him to have. Still good, but not, you know, on Micah Parsons' level, great against a bad Rams offensive line. Dallas is very good defensive line, could dominate this game, but we know it's Dallas. We know we can't trust them. So, in the end, I think the Cowboys win. I'm not sure if they cover. So I'm staying away from the line. Next game, not only am I going to best bet this game, Jets minus three against the New York Giants, but this is going to be my survivor pool pick this week in my survivor week. I think the Jets' defense is just going to overwhelm Tyrod Taylor, who I believe is still going to start. Even if it is Daniel Jones, that'll be even better for the Jets. Listen, I know you think I'm crazy. The Jets cannot move the ball. Zach Wilson has played better, which is still below average, for quarterback play. But the Giants don't have many weapons. They barely beat the Commanders last week, who their defense and secondary is not very good. The Giants have not looked good all year. The Giants cannot score points. and I think the Jets' defense, which I saw them, You know, go toe-to-toe with Kansas City. I saw them force three ill-advised turnovers against the Eagles and beat the Eagles a couple weeks ago. The Jets' defense steps up. They get to Daniel Jones. They knock off the Giants or Tyrod Taylor, whoever the quarterback is. Jets win this game. They cover the three points. Now, New England at Miami is a very interesting game because people are saying Miami is frauds. So what does that tell you? They played week two. Mike McDean was going to come out. Irie was is going to have a lot of yards. Jalen Water is going to have a lot of yards. Miami is going to stop New England. The problem is there still is that hesitancy on the defense side of the ball with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. We talked about Bill Belichick being extended when I did my NFL recap on Tuesday. I did not agree with it. I think New England needs to move off Matt Jones. I think he's capable. I don't think he's special. I think they need to just reset for a year. I want what the Colts did when they went from Peyton Manning to, to Andrew Walk. Reset, get a new voice in that building, and restart the new New England era. With that being said, Bill Belichick is a 9.5 point dog. is a lot of points. But again, I can see this game a lot like Rams-Cowboys, a lot like Bills-Bucks, going two separate ways. I could see Miami beating New England handily by 20 points. I could also see New England keeping this a touchdown game and covering it, which is why I'm not confident in the, in the spread here. I'm going to take Miami to win the game, but I'm not betting the game. Next game, we got Jags at the Steelers. Now, in this game, I am going to go ahead. I am taking Jacksonville minus two and a half. I'm laying it on the road. I trust Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and this offense more than I do Mike Donwin and Kenny Pickett. We all know Mike Donwin's a great defensive coach. We know what he's done this year in Pittsburgh. They only put up 24 points against the Rams, and a lot of it was rushing Kenny Pickett's a very good fourth-quarter quarterback who can make plays in low-scoring games. But I think Doug Peterson, offensive coach. We saw Jacksonville Thursday night against the Saints. They're starting to get their offense moving. Kevin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, those weapons to go with Travis D.N. I just think the Steelers have a tough day at home. Jacksonville, a little more time to prepare coming off the Thursday night game. I think they come in. I think they win by at least a field goal. Tough game. Probably like a 6-7 point game. Steelers play them tough route. In the end, I think Jackson was the better football team. They walk away from Pittsburgh, who you know I have best bet a lot this year. I'm going the other way. It's seeming like the Pittsburgh Steelers have been 2.5 point dogs almost every single week this week. This week, I'm going the other way. Jags minus 2.5. Next game. I'm taking the Colts minus one and a half. Now, I don't feel extraordinarily positive about it, considering that Gardner Minshew played great against the Browns last week. And we all know what that usually means. Gardner Minshew is going to have a bad game, and he is going up against the Saints defense. And last year, when New Orleans came to Philly, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator for the Eagles at the time, Gardner Minshew started in replace of Jalen Hurts. The Eagles at that time could not move the ball so I'm a little bit weary about this bet but I just trust Shane Steichen, Gardner Minshew, Jonathan Taylor, that coaching staff, that offensive line just a hairy bit more than Dennis Allen and Derek Carr and the Saints who with the Chris Olave news this week with him getting arrested for speeding and everything going on It just seems like there's turmoil in that Saints organization. And I don't know what the hell is going on in that NFC South. It's a weird division. It's a bad division. I think the Colts take advantage of the Saints' distraction. I think that they'll end up winning this game and obviously covering the only one and a half point spread. If it was three or four, I may not take it. But I think the number here is what gives value to this bet. Atlanta at Tennessee. Now, Tennessee's going to start Will Weavis, and then Malik Willis is going to play as well. Tennessee is playing musical chairs with their quarterback, which I said they were going to do all year long. I said Tennessee was going to need to be in, in, in a reboot mode. They just got rid of, again, Kevin Byer to Philadelphia. Reportedly, Derrick Henry is on the trade block. So we're going to be looking at this Tennessee team, I think, a lot different for the back after the season. I'm going to take Atlanta to win this game, but I don't know if I could ever bet the Atlanta Falcons. Even at two and a half year, we don't know what's going on still with P.J. John Robinson. He reportedly had an illness last week that Arthur Smith & Co. did not you know, translate to the media. You have Tyler Algier, you have Cordero Patterson. They're using running backs and tight ends. They're not even using Drake London, who, you know, is probably their best offensive weapon outside of Bijan Robinson. Atlanta's just a weird team. that I like their pieces besides the quarterback on offense. I'm not a big fan of Desmond Ritter at all. Their defense is not good. If Tennessee wants to, they can hand it off to Derrick Henry. Will they be able to cover Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins? I just... I don't know how the hell this game's going to go. It's hard to bet this game for me. This is a pretty bad game. It is an Arthur Smith revenge game, though, as the former Tennessee offensive coordinator, now Atlanta head coach, goes back to Tennessee. And the fact that this is in Tennessee worries me a little bit for the Falcons. I'm going to pick the Falcons. Again, there's no way in hell I bet this game. I was thinking about taking Carolina plus three. Bryce Young... Coming off a bye, Carolina looking to get their first win. But then I realized D'Amico Ryan and the Houston Texans are also coming off their bye. I think that could be troublesome for Bryce Young and the Panthers. I may still be the only Bryce Young fan in the world, I, no matter if they don't have a win or not. I think Bryce Young is still going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I think they need to go in the offseason, get some offensive linemen, and get some receivers, because their defense is pretty good. They may sell off Jeremy Chin, who's a safety. You know, I don't really care, as you know, about safety. I think it's sort of the last position you build on your defense. If it's your only weakness, like what the Eagles had, perfectly okay to go out and get a versatile to safety like Evan Byard. But you need corners. You need defensive linemen. Uh, Carolina's got, got Brian Burns. They got Derek Brown. They got some good linebackers. They need to rebuild that defensive back room again to go on with some receivers. CJ Strouds look better than Bryce Young to this point. I think this is a fascinating game. I think Frank Wright coming off a bye has a plan. And I think this is the easiest and most winnable game yet on Carolina's schedule. I think Houston struggles. I think the Panthers' defense keeps them in the game. Again, I'm not going to bench Bennett because I don't feel as confident. This might be hard overhead because I'm a big fan of Bryce Young, but I got Carolina upsetting the Houston Texans. Now, I'm going to actually take Minnesota minus one and a half against Green Bay. Could Kirk Cousins have a bad game against the Packers? Absolutely, and it's a divisional game. And you guys know I don't like taking the division games for bets. But from what I've seen out of Jordan Love, I just can't. I mean, I I just think Minnesota is going to win this game. Brian Flores, we know, is a very good NFL defensive coordinator. And as I said Monday, when he was in Miami, it took his Dolphins' defense over the years, six, seven, eight weeks to jail. They were very good in the second half. Minnesota now begins a stretch where they play the likes of Chicago. And they play... You know, the Saints. Um, and they played some very bad teams that they could win and get on a roll and get back in this NFC North. One of those games is this weekend. Green Bay is not very good. Jordan Love is not the quarterback of the future. I think the low number again here helps me because unless they win by one, uh, which is a rarity in the NFL, Minnesota is is gonna cover. Even if it's by a wide-second field goal, which is like the Vikings always seem to play. Minnesota wins the game. I'm betting them here minus one and a half. KC at Denver. We saw how Denver played KC two weeks ago. And I always struggle with, can you beat a team twice in three weeks and can you do it dominantly? And the way Denver has played against Kansas City, I think Sean Payton is going to have these guys ready. There is a chance here Kansas City covers. They win by 9 or 10. You know, I don't think it's going to be a wall for the whole game. There's also a chance that Denver, you know, loses by 7 or less, and they do cover. So, again, very fringy line here, uh, which one I'm not going to bet it. But I think the Chiefs ultimately really win the game. It's another case of I really love the money line pick here. Don't like the spread pick here, really, at all. Baltimore at Arizona. Now, Baltimore is favored by eight and a half. They probably should cover, though. Eight and a half really does feel like a big number, the way that Arizona plays in the first half. We know Arizona cannot hang with teams in the second half. The only question here is, does Baltimore, after stopping Detroit last week, do they come out a little bit flat like some teams do when they come up with a big victory, don't play well in the first half? By chance, do they barely cover? Do they win by 9 or 10? This is another situation where, again, Baltimore's going to win. Lamar Jackson's going to play well. Arizona's adding to the number one pick. Who knows what they do with Kyler Murray? That's a conversation down the line but in the end, the biggest question about this game is just like the Kansas City game we just mentioned, does Baltimore cover? I'm not as confident enough to say that they do because, again, I think Arizona plays great in the first half. There's other good value on the board, which is why, again, I'm not going to best bet this game. Browns at Seattle. Now, I actually really like the Seattle side here at minus three. I'm not gonna best bet it because Seattle's offensive line has not been great this year. And Geno Smith, my partner over at Championship rings, Josh Unker. He loves Geno Smith, but as I have been arguing with him, Geno Smith has not had a great year playing quarterback for the Seahawks. We don't know DK Metcalf's status, and he's going up against a historically good. Browns defensive only they can get the production out of the quarterback position and again it's hard to bet this game because we don't know is it going to be Deshaun Watson is it going to be you know PJ Walker what's the status of Jerome Ford is it going to be on and pure strong in the backfield So there's just too many unknowns. I do think it's going to be really tough for this Browns team, no matter who the quarterback is, because they don't move the ball offensively. So in Seattle, which is going to be a very hard environment, obviously to play, the Seahawks have a good defense. The question is going to be can a Browns defense that got beat up last week by Gardner Minshew, St. Steichen, and the Indianapolis Colts. If it wasn't for Miles Garrett out in the game of his career – Indianapolis probably does win that game, and the Browns did get some help from officiating. But as I said last week, every team gets help, and every team gets bailed out, and every team gets wrong by officiating every single week. It just depends on when the call is and if you can overcome the bad officiating or the good officiating depending on the week. So credit to the Browns for doing that. I think it's going to be tough going into Seattle. I got the Seahawks winning. But again, with the Browns quarterback off controversy, if you will, I cannot best bet this game. A game I will best bet my one dog of the week. I'm taking Cincinnati. I think San Francisco, I said it wasn't a championship rings. I think they're going to be fine. You know, there's going to be a point where everyone's going to say, oh, Brock Purdy's going to prove himself this week against the Bengals. The Niners are going to come out, they're going to blow out Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, the Bengals coming off a bye. They're getting healthier. San Francisco on a short wink. Maybe Joe Mixon gets more involved. They protect Joe Burrow. And I think Cincinnati exposes the San Francisco secondary, like what Minnesota did with Kirk Cousins, with Jordan Addison. The press, or I shouldn't say press, the Zach Taylor offense, it's a lot the Kevin O'Connell, Sean McVay-type offenses that give San Francisco trouble. Of course, Chris Taylor, who I mentioned earlier, the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, Zach Taylor, the head coach in Cincinnati, Kevin O'Connell, they all came from that Sean McVay coaching tree down there, which obviously does give San Francisco trouble defensively. I think Cincinnati, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, boy. The weapons they have. They're able to run the football order with Joe Mixon. They take down San Francisco in Santa Clara. I'm taking them. Plus the five and a half. Now this game. Bears at the Chargers. Now ladies and gentlemen. uh, The Chargers do not cover this game. Because people now have film on Tyson Badgett. And as I said. Going into Tuesday's show. When I did my recap. I have this no film theory. If you've been listening to me for a long time here on Brandon's World, and that theory is NFL coaches, all they do for 100 hours a week, you know, 20 hours a day, five days a week is watch tape. So when guys don't have tape on, be mourned by tape, I mean, NFL tape of the same year, White Tyson Pageant, who won the Division II, one of of the Heisman Trophy, they don't know how to stop them. Now teams have tape on them. The Chargers, Brandon Staley, we know is a defensive coach. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, they should be able to get after this Chicago Bears offense and essentially shut them out if the Chargers are who they should be. Justin Herbert should have a very good game, even without Mike Williams. Maybe this is the game that Quentin Johnson gets going to go with Josh Palmer and trust Brandon Staley. If the Chargers lose this game, as I said last night in our championship ring show, Brandon Staley might as well put up his Howard and a real estate sign and get out of Los Angeles. The Chargers with that roster cannot lose this game Sunday night. Now, Raiders at the Lions, it's a big spread. So, again, I think that there is potential here for better numbers on the board. I understand why you would want to feel tempted to bet Detroit here minus eight and a half because they got embarrassed by Baltimore on Sunday. Usually good teams that get embarrassed bounce back. My one hesitation here is Vegas has been a big game player. They may not play very well, but they oftentimes do play well in prime time. We don't know who the quarterback is. We don't know if it's going to be Garoppolo. We don't know if it's going to be Oyer. We don't know if it's going to be O'Connell. Devontae Adams against that Lions secondary. I think the Raiders, to go on with with Hunter Renfro Meyer, the tight end. We talk about the Raiders' offensive pieces a lot. They have good offensive pieces. They match up well with the Lions secondary. I think the Raiders, who were embarrassed last week at Chicago, they play better staying on the East Coast here Taken on the Detroit Lions I don't think the Lions cover I think that they will win the game again there's another Bucks Bill scenario there's another Chiefs Broncos scenario it's another Ravens Cardinals scenario there are scenarios this week where you know Tampa gets blown out Denver gets blown out uh Arizona gets blown out Vegas gets blown out Chicago gets blown out But there's other sides of the coin where it's like, what would they do this? And they turn the ball over, and we don't trust the coach. This game could be closer than people think, and that's why I'm not betting this game, though I really do like the Detroit side of it. So again, my money-wide predictions for Week 8. Buffalo over Tampa, Philly over Washington, Dallas over the Rams, Jets over Giants, Miami over New England, Jacksonville over Pittsburgh, Indy over the Saints, Atlanta over Tennessee, Carolina over Houston, Minnesota over Green Bay, Kansas City over Denver, Baltimore over Arizona, Seattle over Cleveland, Cincinnati over San Francisco, Chargers over Chicago, and Detroit over Las Vegas. My five best bets for week eight of the 2023 NFL season are Jets minus three in the battle of New York against the Giants, Vikings go on the road, they cover the 1.5 against the Green Bay Packers. Jagsville on the road, they cover 2.5 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Indian Alboids at home, minus 1.5 against the Saints. And my one dog this week, Cincinnati, goes into Santa Clara. They take out the Niners. And with that, you already know Brandon George is in collaboration with Voltage Live. You already know my social media links are in the description below. Tomorrow on the Brands War podcast, I bring on Washington Commanders fan, big NFL fan, big college football fan, big NBA fan. We talk all of it with my good buddy, Austin Arnold. With that, have a great week, and we will see you on that podcast. Pooh.